Hi. Hi, Nika. <laughs> good to be How with you. you. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for being here with us today. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for asking. Let's get into podcast 14 questions. Woo! Let's do it. All right. First of all, why don't you tell me about yourself? Yeah, so I am Michael Cox. I teach in the theology department at LCC International University, where you are a recent graduate, Nika. Mm-hmm. Uh, I teach the Bible sequence here. So I teach Old Testament and New Testament courses. Came here from the U.S. I grew up in Oklahoma and uh, bounced around between Arkansas and Chicagoland uh, in Illinois for uh, about... 15 years, I guess. And then uh, we moved to Lithuania. So I have a wife, Therese, and three boys, Nathaniel, James, and Silas. I don't know what else you want to know. Maybe you should ask a follow-up question. Hmm. I think that's that's okay so far, but we will come back to it. We'll connect maybe your life experiences with some questions. That's good. All right. Uh, so if you could... Uh, offer a newborn child, newborn child, only one piece of advice, and they would remember it their whole life, what advice would you give them? Yeah. So I thought you might ask this question. I thought about this for a while. It's a hard question. Uh, I feel like I wouldn't do better than Jesus' advice, which was uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And I think uh, that has a lot of layers of, of application, right? Like, uh, be kind to people, treat other people uh, the way that you want to be treated, things like this, which I think uh, can send us a long way in our life. Yes. So at least for my boys, that's what I I would hope that they would, Mm -hmm. they would have this piece for themselves. Well, you are a theologist. uh, So I expect, of course, your answers to be uh, subjective opinions to be evolved around uh, Christianity in this case and that's mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic that's exactly what I want to hear uh, as a theologist and as a person who is experiencing this experience in this field and this teaching I would love to know um, your experiences and what other people can learn from you now when mm-hmm. you say um, when you say what God advice what God advice is you would say the same to the kid. Actually, when I was asked this question myself, and I was thinking a lot about it, I could not come up with a better answer myself as well. Because everything mm. in God's word uh, is already mentioned that we can possibly mention. You know, you can say integrity, empathy. Uh, I don't know, read books. Um, but it's already, it's already all of it is the most important things are already mentioned in God's word. Mm. But it really summarizes into one advice yeah it really does pull so many things together right the way that we um regardless of whether or not you're a christian or whether you're not you you believe in god or whatever like we all have experienced love and we've experienced probably that this is some of the best bits of our lives are when someone has like really truly given themselves for us uh, whether it's our moms or you know a really good friend or something or the movies we love best are the movies where, you know, someone sacrifices him or herself mm-hmm. uh, for the good of the other person, you know? So I think, uh, yeah, that I tried to think of a, a, an answer that wasn't like so tied to my own uh, theology, but I, I do think that everybody experiences this. And this has been my own experience in life is that whenever life is, is best, it's whenever I'm 
being loved well and and loving others well. Okay. Uh, if you were an employer, uh, what personal mm-hmm. characteristics would you look for in a possible employee? Yeah, I actually uh, served in residence life at colleges, not unlike LCC for a long while, uh, which meant that means that I hired a lot of RDs and a lot of RAs. Uh, and so I, I really love this question because what I looked for in employees and what I think it most employees would look for, uh, or at least, sorry, what I would look for, that's the question, uh, is teachability. So is this person willing to learn? Is this person willing to be dumb uh, and ask a a dumb question in order to figure it out? Mm -hmm. Is this person willing to try something uh, and risk getting it wrong? Uh, Is this person willing to own something that they did wrong in a way that like opens them up to getting it right next time? Right. So I think this, this, it, all this sort of comes together in a word for me as teachability and, and in RAs, this was super important because it meant that uh, if somebody was willing to, to come alongside and do a job that you can't really train for, like there's no way you can train for whatever weird thing might happen in a college dorm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're willing to, to learn and to encounter a situation with uh, an openness to to fun and an openness to, to act with integrity, then yeah, I mean, like, what mm-hmm. else do you need? Okay, so, I mean, it's a general question that I'm going to ask, but if you were looking for balance from 100%, how much percentage would you give to experience and how much percentage, percentage would you give to personal characteristics? I mean, experience is important. Uh, I think, well, with this particular characteristic, I... I always tried to ask questions that got students or potential employees uh, to tell me about a time when they learned something, a time when they like messed something up and how did they handle that mess up at work or at home or something like this. So uh, in that sense, like I think experience is important because um, you, what I'm actually going for in this teachability characteristic is like, what do you do with your experiences, right? So. Um, I, a lot of that depends on the kind of job you're after too. Like if somebody's um, applying for a job that requires really highly technical skills, well then somebody's yeah. experiences are really important. At the same time, you know, like if even if a job that has highly technical skill skills is involved, like I still want to know that a person is willing to continue to learn and use those yeah, yeah. skills in a way that grows and develops them and develops whatever vision or mission that we're up to in our in our. Uh, employer-employee relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what is the definition of a successful life for you? Mm. Yeah, I think a life well-lived is a life that, uh, maybe back to my previous piece of advice, is a life that um, experiences a lot of love uh, and joy that comes from love and belonging to other people and, and uh, creating a sense of belonging for others. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, some people might say money or whatever, but I, I often I think people pursue other other bits in order to fill something, that, some vacuum inside of them that can be filled by belonging and, uh, and love. And so I think for me that, that sense of uh, am I cultivating relationships where um, 
where I am known and where other people are known by me. And to me, mm -hmm. this is where I feel like the most delight and where I feel uh, is the most success. So, okay. Uh, well, ultimately, when I ask people this question, um, it's usually different from what they spend the most time on. Now, what mm. I mean by this is usually when I ask this question, what is meaning of successful life and what, how does it look like? They do not really go for like, I want to build an empire that will contribute to, I don't know, make smartphones or uh, things oh, like Oh, come that. on. Scott Stewart surely said something like this, build an empire. No, he did not. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's the thing. Like, you know, people when ask this question, they usually go for something more soul related, more, mm -hmm. more non-materialistic, but mm -hmm. At the same time, day-to-day -day plans are never connected to this material to non-materialistic um, goals. If you know what I mean. I'm not sure I do. Not never, maybe, but sometimes, most of the time. For some I mean, people. for some people, maybe. I don't know. I think about my own life, and so much of what I do is, I mean. That's why I have the best job ever, right? Uh, because so much of what I do, I get to like really pursue relationships and not just in my work life, but I think about uh, life around my household here is like just a lot of um, pursuing that the kind of relationship that I want with my kids and my wife and friends. So, okay, I don't know. That's beautiful, that's amazing. I personally, I'm personally noticing what I said in myself and maybe I'm a bit mm. biased, but... Um... Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's not to say that we don't spend a lot of time thinking about food or thinking about like, oh, goodness, the house is messy and we need to clean it up or whatever. Um, so I think I think there is something to that uh, materialistic piece, but maybe that's what I want to where I would want to push or maybe just uh, ask a, another question is is like um, Augustine, people like Augustine, people like Jane Austen, uh, who very different people, but uh, th they would talk about uh, a life well-ordered. Aristotle will talk about this too, um, a life well-ordered. And so I think for us, sometimes the, the way that we go about, I'm just thinking of a dumb example, the way that we go about cleaning our house, uh, the kids hate it, of course, but the way that I approach that with them can be a way that I think cultivates the kind of successful life that I want to have, or mm -hmm. that maybe uh, destroys that kind of um, successful life, depending okay. on how I approach them. And I don't know. What do you think? Well, I want to um, kick it back to you. Well, I think, I think you're right, to be honest with you. I think your approach is correct. Um, but it's a hard topic. It's a very hard topic. You know how you, but ultimately what ultimately our meaning of life and successful life definition and our everyday plans should align. Mm -hmm. At least uh, if we are mature enough to understand what, what, what it is we want and what we truly believe. Uh, eventually, maybe this law of attraction will really drift us mm. to that uh, side as well. I think something like, it was good to be with you. Uh, when I when I was with you, I felt like I was the best version of myself or I was the truest version of myself or I was able to be honest or I was able to be open uh, and, um, and true.
and if you could ask God one question, what question would you ask him? <sighs> I don't like this question. Um... <laughs> Why not? Let's explore. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it's just a hard question. Um, I was thinking about this, like sometimes, um, well, a lot of people will encounter Jesus with questions like, who is my neighbor? Because they want this guy who asks Jesus this question wants clarification on, you know, the, the advice that I would give to a newborn, like love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, people in the Bible are always asking God, like, how long until you do something about this crap, this mess that, that the world is in or whatever, you know? So um, I think those are really great questions. And I think they are questions that I have actually asked myself uh, in this last semester quite a lot. Like, how, how long? So maybe, maybe that's a question is like, uh, now in the summer, whenever uh, COVID restrictions are lifting or whatever, the question isn't quite so pressing, but it has been a, a question that I felt like very near to me uh, over these last few months is like, how long um, is this thing going to last? And why are you going to do something about it? Okay. It feels like you're not doing anything about it. <laughs> so come on. <laughs> Okay, so you would ask how long this is going to last, basically, type of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, Why do you find that interesting? Uh, am, am I allowed to ask you questions in return? <laughs> you are allowed to ask me questions, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, that question kind of sounds like, uh, why are there genocides in this world? Why are mm -hmm. these people dying on, this, for example, this Middle East? Why are there wars? But I think you know the answer to this question yourself. It's ultimately <clears throat> some reasoning for us in our small heads. It's hard to understand. Uh, yeah. And ultimately for the bigger plan and ultimately for the better future, this is how it's supposed to be. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess messed up world yeah. is as well. It's part of it. Yeah, I think even if not, uh, supposed to be, at least it's permitted to be. And I think that's wherever, like, however we come down on the supposed to or allowed to be, or, you know, something inside there is still the question of like, come on, like, if, if, if people really do believe in God and the question presumes that we do, then I think this is a, the, the question is like, what's going on? Like, come on, if you say, if you are who you say you are, then what's up? How long? What would he say? I wonder. Hmm. Probably something very rhetorical, or <laughs> very, very non-straightforward for sure. That's about like Jesus, right? His disciples ask him that, like, how long until you, uh, till you bring your kingdom? Like, it's kind of the same question. He's like, ah, oh, it's not, don't worry about it. It's not your, it, it's not for you to worry about. Mm -hmm. uh, only, only God knows about that and he'll take care of it when it's time. Yeah. So probably you're right, Nika. It would be some. Yeah. Well, we're narrowing like, down a little bit on Christianity and. Uh, yeah amazing topic to discuss um now let's talk about human cre as a creation hmm. ultimately in your opinion what is our purpose yeah i mean i am a christian theologian so i i think the very basic answer that uh christianity and judaism gives is that the human purpose or vocation is to reflect the good and loving God. And uh, maybe back to my advice for a newborn is like loving your neighbor as yourself is to behave the way that 
the Christian God behaves. It's mm-hmm. to um, to love, you know. And so then this this idea, the purpose of being a human as a creature, means that uh, not just in my relationships with other people that I treat them with love, but that I treat everything else with love too, because uh, the Christian picture of God is the one who creates it because he delights in it and he thinks it's beautiful and he thinks it's wonderful and he has this idea and he says it. And then he tells humans, go and take care of it. So uh, I think, I think here I'm like, I very much like, come on, let's, let's do creation care. Let's think about global warming. Let's think about uh, what it means to combat injustice. Uh, All kinds of things we can rope in here. Um, because I think that the purpose of being a human is to to reflect this good and loving God. Okay, so there are more than 105 billion people that have mm. died on Earth, counting everyone. Uh, it's of course like since we, the since the beginning, like since yeah, whenever, since sometime whenever. back. Yeah, it's of course a vague uh, statistic, but yeah, sounds about right. Uh-huh. Um, human life, <clears throat> in the end, adds up to a number. And uh, me and you eventually will be part of this number. When you look at this statistic, it's scary how small part we play, but at the same time, how these small parts together can create huge change. Overall, when we are living our life, what do you think? Is it from your comment, basically our mutual uh, contribution to make world a better place for people to leave? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this goes back to this uh, interesting observation in my thought process. Probably someone already came up with it, but I have never known anyone. Uh, something like this the purpose of life is living. I mean, Nika, I, I really resonate with this. I think uh, as I read, for example, um, Torah, which is where I spend my time in the first five books of, of the Christian Bible, the Jew- Jewish Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my kind of my, like my scholarly, uh, campground. Yeah. Um, they talk so much about this, like about life and, uh, what it is to pursue life and what it is to cultivate the good life and the flourishing life or whatever. And, and yeah, I think, um, you're right. It, insofar as we can do that, and insofar as we can open up spaces for other people, or even other creatures for that matter, to experience life, I think that's that's exactly what it means to reflect the God who makes life. In a Christian and Jewish perspective, that's that's certainly true. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I would just like cheer you on and say, absolutely, the the point of life is living. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting point because usually what we hear in nowadays society, purpose of life, they will say, actually, nothing comes to my head right now, but I've heard of many other things and Mm. not this as much what I said. I know Mm. it's not really on point answer, but yeah. Um, And I like it, you know, it's a good perspective and it fits into religion as well, but really like generally. Yes. But it fits. Yeah, and I think that's a really good move, Nika. Like to say, um, can I hold up a book? Is that okay? Is that weird? I'm reading this book here. It's called uh, Broken Signposts. 
And in this book, uh, the author says that we all like have some sense, every four-year-old on a playground at school knows what justice is. Uh, you, and you don't have to watch a four-year-old for very long to know that they know when something isn't fair, right? Mm -hmm. or justice or love or beauty, things like this, like we all have some sense of it. Uh, and his argument is that those things point us towards something else, like something that we don't currently have. They like point us toward a hope or a, a longing for something else. And I think that's a really good move to make that like, I think we can all at least resonate with the point that uh, the point of life is living. Yeah. We all are, all societies look down on people who like are just sociopathically uh, killing or making other people miserable, right? Yeah. Like nobody, nobody likes that guy. I'm gonna close my window because I have an airplane. Go ahead. <laughs> um, nobody likes that person. No society really likes that person. And so I think mm -hmm. your, your move is a good one to say, yeah, generally we can talk about this. And then as a Christian theologian, what I wanna do is to say, well, where does that point us? And that's yeah. kind of the question that I wanna ask and spend my time asking in classes a lot is where, mm -hmm. Where does this longing lead us to? Okay. And even if, if for some people it doesn't lead them to Jesus or Christianity or Judaism or whatever, I think it can still live us to lead us to living a really good and full life, right? It can lead us to making families that are yeah. good and beautiful and loving and, and things like this. So jobs that do the same mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. um, thank you. Uh, let's connect what we have been talking about now mm. uh, to the another bit of observation uh, of mine and i want to see what you think about it so i've read uh, multiple uh, self-help books multiple and not only self-help books but type of books that people read to fill out this bit, to, bit of gaps in their emotional intelligence and in their thinking mm -hmm. uh, and these books can be um let's say how to be a badass that's the book's name for example yeah. or uh how to win friends and influence people how to feel meaningful life it's all books titles yep. uh, how to find purpose and etc these type of books they i for me what i've seen is take uh, as a source take bible you know <clears throat> even if the little bit of topics there's this book by dale carnegie how to win mm -hmm. friends and influence people I don't know if you've heard of it, but even though it's about influencing people and making them kind of do what you want, the Bible says it to do exactly what he says to do, but in a different, different manner, in a different mm -hmm. way for a different purpose. Uh -huh. Can you give an example of what, what his purpose is, what Carnegie's purpose is and, and what you... Uh, what the Bible's purpose is. Mm, I don't think I can give an exact example right now, but while reading this book, I definitely resonated with what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Maybe you've noticed anything connected to that in your own readings? Yeah, well, I think I want to say, I've read many of these kinds of books too, and have found, found them very helpful. You know, like, I think that's, it's, a best-selling genre of book for a good reason, right? Like it really benefits people and can help open us to living good and full kinds of lives. Um, something you said kind of stuck out to me and it was like, maybe they're wanting us to do the same things, but they want us to go about them in different ways. 
Uh, and I had a mentor once kind of etch this into my brain. The right thing in the wrong way is the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and not that like, I don't want to throw Dale Carnegie under the bus or anything uh, or self-help books in general under the bus. But I think what makes um, particularly the teachings of Jesus really profound, at least to me, are that the way that Jesus wants us to go about doing this stuff is to like be genuinely selfless. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes that will mean things like we help another person in such a way that nobody knows that we helped that person. Yeah. Right. Like that's completely selfless. There's no way that somebody's going to pat me on the back and there's no way that I can even pat myself on the back. Sometimes it means, you know, uh, for one guy, uh, Jesus encounters, it means like you can, you need to, this is what you need to do. Sell everything you've got, give the money to the poor and then come and follow me. And Jesus doesn't ask everybody to do this kind of thing, but he asked that guy to do this kind of thing. And it's just this like completely selfless way of going about it. And that's what I want to underline is like, the way we go about um, making friends and influencing people. Um, and Jesus's way of thinking is, is like the way of the cross where Jesus is like completely selfless, eyes wide open about where this thing is going. And he goes there anyway. And, and this is the model that uh, later New Testament authors will hold up to us as like uh, imitate that. Mm -hmm. So, I think and there's another example uh, in Jesus' teaching that comes to mind and uh, his disciples are bickering. They're arguing with one another about who's the best. Like when Jesus is king, because they, they know that he's going to Jerusalem and they know that he's like going to take over the kingdom. Uh, and they're arguing about who's going to sit on Jesus's right hand. Actually, this is your right. And who's going to sit on Jesus's left hand. Um, and so they're arguing with each other about this. And Jesus says, this is the way that other people out there argue, but it's not gonna be that way here. Here, the most important person is the person who's like the first servant. Uh, what everybody else would say is the last in line is actually the first in line. Okay. And so I think there's this, um, for Jesus, this self-help is actually like self-emptying and it's, it's very backwards and it kind of turns a lot of this genre on its head. And I don't, again, I don't want to throw Dale Carnegie under the bus. It's been so long since I read that book that I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, even want to try to critique it now or, or evaluate it in against Jesus's rubric. But so much of this genre says, uh, I can manipulate another person to get what I want out of them. And Jesus is more like, no, 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 just uh, if somebody hits you on one cheek, give them the other one too. Or if somebody doesn't have a coat uh, and you've got two, then give them the other coat. You know? uh, the example is, I just remember the second point, second chapter in Dale Carnegie's book, it says, mm. do not judge, for example. Mm. Basically, see, he says to be to be able to like you. And if you're judging them, they will not like you. Very, mm -hmm. very, very short version. Uh, let's talk uh, spend a few minutes and talk about uh, free will and God's will combination. Do you think it's like turn by turn or it's merged together? Mm. What's, what's your opinion on this? Can you say more about what you mean by turn by turn? For example, God gets you to this point. From this point, you have to take until he gotcha. takes you again. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh Okay, so maybe the place that I would like to start is um, we've talked a lot about like loving and about what it is that humans are like uh, in 
Christian Jewish language, sort of the language of Genesis, it's like made in the image of God, but that just simply means that people are made to reflect God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems to me that the way that the, this, like the Jewish Christian texts talk about uh, this human vocation is that humans have like the freedom, like God gives them some power um, to, to go and take care of the creation. Um, sometimes I, I will say that if it's not a choice, then it's not love. Love is always a choice. And we, I think we know that in our bones. Um, so, and we just need to like do a little thought, a couple of thought experiments to like uh, tease that out for us, but I'll let people pause the, the podcast and do those thought experiments on their own. I won't do that here. Um, so anyway, if, if love is necessarily a choice, um, then I think that there's a lot of power that God, frankly, just gives to humans. He's like, go and take care of it on my behalf. I'm like the king of this place, but you're my governor and you get to take care of it. You get to do to it what you think I would do to it. Good and loving and beautiful things. Um, And of course, you know, the Christian story, the Jewish story says that humans have squandered this responsibility and we don't do a very good job of it. And we also don't have to do a whole lot of thought experiment to, to know that that's true too. Um, so you're not really answering the question. So, yeah, so I'm getting there. Okay. Um, so I think there is some like, because ultimately it comes down to like a a question of power, right? Like what is will, what is like, uh, what is it that humans can do? And what is it that God can do? And like, how do those things relate to one another? And, and as a Christian theologian, I would want to say that God is all powerful and can do whatever he wants. Uh, but there, but one of the things that it seems that he wants to do is for humans to take care of his creation on his behalf. So he gives them some of that power. So then the way that I think that this, like God's uh, will and human will uh, fits together then is that um, humans join in God's project. And that's the way that God designs it. So God wants humans to take care of the creation to like my neighbor's garden over here. I think they do an awesome job of taking care of the creation. Mm-hmm. It just is a beautiful little place and they've done a really awesome job of taking care of it. And I think uh, I get to look at it every day. It's really nice. Uh, and and I, to me, it's just an example of like, okay, this is what it means to join in God's uh God's will or God's power for me as a human being to join in God's will and to, to make something good, to make something beautiful, to bring um, uh, order out of what was, you know, 30 years ago, this place was a field. And now my neighbors have cultivated a beautiful garden out of it. Okay. I don't know. Maybe you yeah, want to follow up because I didn't answer your question well enough. Yeah. The last point did answer the question pretty straightforwardly. Uh, well, let's move on to the next question and um, next point. And if it's necessary, we might, we'll come back. Um, I see religion as being suggestive for living better life. Do you agree? I agree insofar, like, as far as it goes. So I would want to say that... Uh, it can be more, but I would want to say, yeah, it's absolutely not less. Now, exactly what I mean is 
not following, for example, what Christianity says in this case does not mean um, that um, someone is going to come and hammer you in the head. You know, they tell you don't do it. Uh, I mean, I guess Christianity in this case tells you, we suggest you not to do that. We suggest you to do it this way and to do it differently. It's ultimately be for better um, for your life if you follow that path rather than path that you have decided. So that's what I mean in suggestive. Yeah, well, uh, some religions are, are prescriptive. A lot of forms of cre Christianity are prescriptive. And, and uh, Christianity at its worst is like, uh, believe in God and Jesus and the Holy Trinity or we're going to chop your head off, right? Like, okay. uh, yeah, well, actually, that's true. So I, I just want, I think I want to be careful. I think, um, and maybe that fits with what I'm, what I would want to say is like this, the job of humans, the vocation of humans, the purpose of human life is like, I think that's what God does is he opens up the creation to humans. And he says, go be creative in the way that you take care of the place, uh, love it and, and do what I would do to it. Um, but he's, he doesn't force people to do to do that like he get, he actually legitimately gives them the power to say screw you i want to do it my way instead um so yeah i think yeah it's, it's a it's a broad question right like religion is suggestive of a way to live a better life i think a lot of religions do that and they're they're really after genuinely after like, what is it, what is the best way to inhabit life on earth? Mm -hmm. And I think uh, th there are a lot of things that even exclusive religions like mine uh, can learn. I mean, I learned so much from reading and experiencing uh, different kinds of religions. Um, and I've learned yeah. so much from my own students here at LCC about like what, even what is Christianity or what, what other kinds of religion, religious experiences do people have that have opened me to thinking and living better and differently. And I'm like trying to be greedy as a person to fit those things into what I believe is true about the mm -hmm. world and about uh, things. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, you made a great point actually that um, kind of makes a um, fallacy uh, in my, uh, in my, thinking which was there are numerous examples in history when uh, religion oppresses another and for example mm -hmm. demands them to change religion mm -hmm. so in that case because of uh, humans be human behavior uh, religion does not become suggestive anymore it's like an incentive you know your life mm -hmm. or changing religion and in, for example in Georgian history there are numerous numerous examples yeah. of this happening so yeah. Yeah. yeah we can definitely talk more about this yeah, and I think I just, I, I would just want to say, uh, don't be too hard on yourself, because I think uh, you're trying to ask a generous question and assume the best of religions. And I think, uh, well, sometimes people say history is written by the winners. I think history is typically written by the people who are the meanest <laughs> very often, you know, and I think, uh, I think about someone like my grandma, who I talk a lot about as like an exemplary Christian. She didn't write any books. She didn't like do anything that's going to like necessarily make people remember her mm -hmm. she loved people super well right like she, she did the kind of like quiet living and loving that jesus advocates for uh and i th i hear in your question uh, that kind of person like jesus and christianity led her to living the best kind of life right 
And uh, that's also true of, you know, uh, Russian babushkas and Hindu, old Hindu men and women, right? Like uh, Hinduism opens up for them a way of living really well in the world. It may be very quiet. It's not often violent. Uh, in fact, maybe rarely ever, never violent. Uh, but those are also the people that we, that don't make it into history books, don't make it onto our news feeds, yeah. things like this, that I think uh, your question is trying to be really generous to that. And I, I want to embrace that. And I think uh, even as a Christian who thinks that uh, Christianity is an exclusive religion, and I, I, I really do believe that, uh, but I also see the beauty and goodness in, in other religions that are, that is assumed by your, your question. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's lovely talking to you. We can definitely keep talking about this more, but uh, what if we switch gears a little bit? And um, actually from the last podcast, uh, Yulia Gaiduk uh, left you a question. Mm. Uh, actually, a very vague question, uh, but it is, how do you do it? That's all it says. Was she asking me specifically? Like, she did she know she no. was asking me? No. She was just asking some somebody who was going to be the next mm -hmm. man. Well, maybe I'm going to turn it around and ask for a little bit of clarification. What does it refer to? Life. Ah, how do you do life? Man. She said something like in line of, how do you do it? Like, how do you do life? Uh, what makes you you? Something like that. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it is it's wow. a hard question to answer it's not specific <laughs> enough that's why well yeah but it's also good for that reason too i think questions like this can can really stimulate our thinking imagination i i want to give a few layers to the exam to the question uh, to the answer um one is i don't always do it successfully and that's maybe not only because i tend to be kind of hard on myself but there are genuinely spaces in my life, sometimes small, sometimes big, where I don't always do it well. And um, this is one of those places where my, like, my knowing Jesus, I think, is forces me to just be honest and say, like, I don't always talk to my kids the way that, in, in a way that's loving and good, right? I don't always um, treat my friends in a way that is good and beautiful and right. And so I think that's the first layer to my answer. Um, but, but another layer is that I, I do try to live my life in a way that shows generosity uh, and love to other people. And um, that, that includes lots of things like asking good questions, like sitting, sitting a little longer at dinner uh, to ask questions, it means playing silly games with the boys or asking dumb questions or making dumb jokes uh, with friends, um, going on a walk or, or whatever. So it's like, uh, for me, it, how do I do it is like attending well to another person. And I, I wanna say that too. I think maybe another sort of snarky answer I would give is uh, with Google Calendar and a lot of conversations with Therese and frankly, a lot of relying on Therese to like keep our life together. So <laughs> that's how I do it. All right. 
Well, <clears throat> I will no. I would be very. I think my audience would be very disappointed if I don't ask you at least one question that other people ask on our Instagram page. So let's ask. Um, how do you maintain to follow God's will and be selfless? If you can mm. give a quick answer on this question. Yeah, I, uh, a lot of reading Jesus, a lot of talking to him, a lot of um, knowing people who are the kind of selfless and giving and loving people and knowing them super well. Like, I think my wife is the most generous person I've ever known and knowing her well is um, just, it becomes then a way of life for us together to like, think of ways that we can continue on uh, our journey of living and loving well. Okay. Well, um, this will be the last question, uh, which is to leave a um, question for the next guest. Mm. And I'm going to give you a hint. It's going to be young person. A young person. Okay. Here, I, I thought about this one. Uh, can you tell me about a time when someone has recently shown you love or kindness? Sounds good. I will definitely deliver. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for being here with us today. It was lovely uh, talking to you. And um, yeah, thank you for being you. That's all mm -hmm. I can say. Mm -hmm. Nika, it's been a pleasure. I enjoyed hanging out with you again today. So thanks right. for inviting me. Thank you. All right. All right. <laughs>